you know what we need to get this fucking thing started. Yeah. That's cool. I use it to charge my heart up. This is a uh, 136.10 heart frequency. Yeah. Let me put it right there. No, after we've done Molly, I'm like, holy shit, I need to find that heart tuner thing. Molly? Yeah, because it's just, your heart is like, womp, 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 and you just, you just want to, you want to make sure it stays aligned. Get it aligned. We want to go talking to the people with unaligned hearts. No, right? We look pretty cool, though. (laughs) Our Halloween special. Yeah. Is that what this is? Why not? I mean, I think we just love these onesies, so why not wear them? Yeah, I wear this fucking thing all the time. And celebrate them. <laughs> well, now that I got this onesie, I'm like, I know what I'm going to be for like the next 10 years for Halloween. Yeah. Halloween's so stressful to me. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, what am I going to be? And it's always like a last minute thing. And I'm not like the most, it's not, it's not where my creativity flourishes. It, it does, but you're, um, your creativity flourishes with it, and so does your mom's, but you guys don't, like, you procrastinate it. Mm-hmm. Like, even growing up, your mom was, like, you you were always making outfits, like, you know, the last minute yeah, with whatever you had around the house. Yeah. No, last year, though, I freaking nailed it because I just had this blazer that was, like, flowery and pink, and I was like, I'm never going to wear this, so let me just, like, wear green pants, and I was kind of threw some flowers in my hair and I'm like I got this floral thing going on Mm. and that seems to be like the vibe in Brooklyn is like or like a lot of people it's like how do I look like I didn't try too hard Mm. you know yeah so I fucking nailed the like casual Halloween costume and then I go out we go out to this party back when you could go out to parties yeah it was really fun last (laughs) Halloween it was like 78 degrees it was was ridiculously nice like we had 10 people with us we all took molly so I walk into this place and these three people come running up to me and they're like spring and they're dressed like fall winter and summer and they're like we've been waiting for you we've missed you and they're like our spring left can you take a photo with us and I was like wow I really nailed Halloween this year what the fuck that was cool good Halloweens what a weird situation have you had some good Halloweens? Um, hmm. I think growing up, they were like my most anticipated holiday. Why? Because you could be a bad boy? Yeah. Yeah. It was like pretty much like we didn't even dress up. I mean, I can't even remember what I would dress up at as a kid. I mm-hmm. don't think I did like from like after nine years old. It was like cover yourself make yourself warm protect your eyes and go out and fuck up the neighborhood like with uh shaving cream and eggs and we would start at the night before we would uh, they call it like devil's night or something like that and there'd be like four of us out there in the neighborhood just like fucking everything up do you ever take like a baseball bat to someone's mailbox hell no 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 not that kind of destruction (laughs) not that kind of not that we haven't done those kind of things but that wasn't what what it was all about but then halloween like there was a hundred kids in my neighborhood where I grew up. Yeah. There, it, everyone was like in a three year age range of me and my sister and we knew everybody. So like it was just fucking total mayhem. We'd come home like covered in shaving cream and like just like fucked up staying out all night. Crazy. I don't know why I just looked so much forward to that. Yeah. I remember that when you started to like forget Halloween costumes, just throw on a like plastic bag. Yeah. Like a trash bag, a black trash bag. Yeah. And go out there and fuck shit up. Yeah. Mayhem. Yeah. 
The first time I ever got drunk was actually Halloween, I think, or the day before. Really? Yeah. Devil's Night? Yeah, Devil's Night. <laughs> you, you should put your headset on again so your hair looks beautiful. <laughs> I don't want you editing this being like, why didn't you tell me? Yeah, I want to rock the sloth costume and like really live it up, but it's a little warm. So you went, so you, you that was the first, wait, how, you were like 21, right, when you first got drunk? I was uh, 20, yeah. I was 20, and I, like, uh, was against drinking, for sure. I was, like, very much against drinking from when I was, like, 12 years old. I, like, had an aversion to it. Because, like, my parents didn't drink, and my dad was in AA, and it's I hadn't really even ever see, seen them drink. It's not like... I never saw my dad drunk. Right. I still haven't. You know? They, were, they, weren't, they weren't like that, but my dad was, like, fucked up on other shit. And there was just so much alcoholism in our family, and... I just was like, I'm too young. I'm too young. For, I was like, so I was like kind of innocent and I wanted to maintain my innocence. So I was against, it. I remember one of our, our close friends started drinking when we were like 12 years old. Like he had lost his mom in fourth grade. And then like a few years later, he was just like medicating. He was just doing everything. And it was like so scary and intimidating and I didn't understand. So like I just told him I couldn't be friends with him anymore. Mm. Yeah, it was sad. I wouldn't be I wouldn't do that now. But uh yeah, I couldn't be friends with this dude anymore. And I was just like really against it. Never drank in high school, never drank most of college and then uh I don't know. My girlfriend was twenty one. And she, I was just like, I'll drink, fuck it, I'll try it. Mm -hmm. And we went up to the cemetery across the street from my parents' house. And uh, I drank one old English 40 ounce. And I was lost in the sauce. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. (laughs) God. It was like, it it was kind of like any drug experience, you know, when you first. I hadn't really altered my consciousness in any way. Yeah. Ever before that. I'd never been high. I'd never tried anything like that. And it was fucking wild. I remember just like falling and like jumping into these huge piles of leaves that were everywhere in the cemetery. Mm. And then we went up to the deli where I worked and I was just like wasted, like trying to make a sandwich behind the counter. And then like the guys at, at work like threw me in the fucking trash can. I was just, I was trashed. I was fucking trashed. I couldn't believe it, though. It was fun. It was fun. It started up the habit, for sure. Yeah, like, in, when I met you in the 20s, you were, like, you're, like, a, a shot of whiskey and a Budweiser every time you went to the bar. Oh, yeah. I would walk into our local bar, and, like, first shot and, and beer is on the house because they know I'm going to be in there hanging out. It's not like I was, like, a drunk guy or anything like that. I just you was appreciated, down to drink. You appreciated the, the realm, though. Mm. Yeah, very much so. What, did that lose its zest? I don't know. I don't know. I spent my 20s drinking, for sure. And then, like, I spent my whole 30s on psychedelics and pot. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that I relate to you about is that, uh, like, enjoying being my age. You know, like, a lot of people want to be older or, Mm. like, want to, like you know certain things and i was always like this is cool being like 12 or 16 or you know and i and i still feel that way i feel like you and i get to relate on like a deep appreciation for where we're at yeah you know and i I feel like that's that's the way to be and it feels like the only way to be you know because rather than be like oh man wish we were the people who like you know whatever's next in our life like uh slowing down or you know 
just being like, all right, this is this is an impermanent state, and let's enjoy it for yeah. all that it's worth. Yeah, I think both of our moms instilled that in us, and I remember thinking that was unique to my mom, like her always telling us, like, you're young, just be young, you know, yeah. be be young now. You know, you're 14. You don't need to try to come off like you're fucking 24. Because there's a lot of people that do at that. Like, you know, there's a divide starts happening at a certain age. Yeah. Yeah. My mom always said, be young, have fun. Like, to the point where she was, like, a little disappointed in me that I was, like, kind of lame. You know? But I think... <laughs> students Against Destructive Decisions. Yeah. Yeah, the president of Students Against Destructive Decisions. I was a, a knitter. She's like, you know, guys, you could have, like, loosen up a little. <laughs> and, like, little did she know, I'm like, I'll have my time, Mom. I'll oh have my, my God. time. Now she can't even handle listening to us talk about our life half the time. Yeah, she's like, I don't need to hear about she's that. She's like, oh, God, this is too much. I can't hear about like, this. Glad you guys are having fun, but leave me out of it. <laughs> but I think that they helped us, both of our moms, like, not... Because uh, I'm still like this. I never want to be something I'm not. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know if... if uh, Except on Halloween. On Halloween, yeah. But, I mean, am I not a skeleton all the time? Yeah, you're just kind of, like, bringing... It's just usually covered what's in... What's hidden to the surface. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not... Am I not a sloth? You fucking definitely are. Yeah. I'm I'm straight sloth. Yeah, no, I, I agree, you know. It's... I think... I think you told me this a while ago or just kind of like life is like you're playing cards. You might as well like play your hand the best you got, you know, not judge the cards, just play it well. Yeah. And that kind of sticks with me, you know, because you can really just get into like acceptance and be like, oh, I could just be creative with what my next move is rather than judging, you know, my the options for moves that I have, mm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it's not like I don't get discontent, <laughs> but I'm I, like in, in a weird way, I've never like, like I look up to people, but to people, but like, I'm not as susceptible to that. I don't think, you know, I think of a lot of people like, like they're my peers or like, that's cool what they're doing, but I never met someone who I'm like that's what I need to be like I need to be more like that or anything mm -hmm. I just always wanted to be more like myself yeah I mean people can illustrate like the path forward like oh you can live in the deep end or oh you can have fun into your 40s or oh maybe maybe life is more fun maybe you can be like you know Seth Rogen that didn't have kids and now he's like devoting himself to pottery and I'm like that's like what's up you know there's these people who hold space and saying hey I'm gonna do it a little differently and I'm gonna have fun doing it a little differently mm. and you're like oh okay it like gives you the sense of what the options and possibilities are mm. but yeah I agree you know no, no one could like tell you how to do it or what to do you don't need anyone to like approve no it just doesn't you. apply yeah it doesn't apply we were watching this thing last night um it's fucking terrible god it's so stupid um this series called the vow on hbo so oh, many yeah. people had recommended it we we're like let's check it out the fucking thing is nine episodes really drawn uh, out we, yeah it's really tedious and really drawn out we only watched the first two episodes but basically like this charismatic guy just was able to dupe all these people into being in a cult yeah and i'm just like looking at all the people that he duped and I'm like, they all have this thing in common where they think that somebody else has something that they don't. Right. And yeah. uh, I don't know, maybe that's part of our spiritual work or whatever, but I feel less susceptible to those kind of things. 
you know, the thing is, it's so funny because I want someone to have what I don't have. Like, I want someone to have all the answers for me. But, like, I had to really realize that, like, no one else has all the answers and everyone's pretty much has their own flaws, you know? And so it's like, as much as I wish someone could tell me what's going on, like, no one can. Oh, yeah. You know, they can, like decorate the realm with pretty words and pretty ideas and interesting thoughts about what they think is going on or maybe help tap you into like a deeper way of being or feeling or connect you with this idea of past lives and like that's all legitimate but the truth is like no one knows what the fuck is going on so there's no one that you like could or should give your power away to Mm. you know and so you used to try to do it with me give you my power uh think i knew what was going on yeah. I remember, uh, especially early on when we first started taking LSD, like you looking at me like, please just fucking tell me what's going on. Yeah, right. I'm like, nobody knows. I don't know. I, I think nobody really knows what the hell's going on. Oh, God, the worst is like when you're in a room with a bunch of people and you're like, they all know and they're not telling me and I don't know. And why do they know? And why is everyone so chill with knowing? And I don't know. <sighs> and then it's like finally getting the place of like, oh, it's cool to not know. And like the more I fi- learn, the more I realize how far I am from knowing, mm. you know, so it's like becomes like a deep knowing with a capital K where you're like, oh, I just know that I don't know. This sounds so stupid. It no, sounds it sounds so um, like the words are meaningless. But I've been I've been reading like the way of the Tao lately, and, and it's a lot of words that kind of um, flow together to like to, sh- <laughs> to highlight the the power of the nothingness mm. and the everythingness. Yeah, you know. So mm. I don't know where we were going with all this. Well, I, I don't give away your power, people. Yeah, I mean that's an easy way to get fucking lost in the sauce. I feel like I'm a little lost in the sauce right now. Lately. Yeah, but it's cool. It's cool. I'm embracing it. What does lost in the sauce mean to you? Um, I don't know. It just, just kind of. That's what it means. It's just like I don't really know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. Like, what are you up to? I don't. I don't really know. A little lost in the sauce. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and it's funny because I feel like uh, there's all this uh, capitalist programming where you start to uh, question your productivity and start thinking way further out into your life than you have any business doing. Right. You know, and so, like just imagining, like, have I not set myself up right? Like, fucking shit, man. I'm gonna turn forty next year. Like, I don't fucking own anything. I've just made a bunch of stuff. Right. Yeah, it's like, what do you do next? What's the next move? And it feels like uh, we've definitely been living in a period of indulgence in our life. Yeah. And, and when yeah. you do that for any extended amount of time, I feel like that's when I start, like, literally the term, I'm lost in the sauce, I'll come through my head. Like, And it's cool. It's all cool. I'm not judging it. No, I think we're, like, we're in the stew. We're in this, like, cosmic slop stew and, like new ingredients keep coming into the mix Ooh, that's good and you're like all right yeah. well i guess now we're a new kind of stew or a new kind of soup yeah, and like, how do i work with this yeah and it's like a <laughs> kind of hard to like uh i have identity or like larger identity mm-hmm. when you're kind of lost in the sauce and especially when new ingredients are coming in yeah new you're riding new waves or you're meeting new people or new um circumstances or situations are arising and then you're like all right like i don't <laughs> <laughs> proactive might not be the most prominent mm. uh characteristic of our <laughs> of our reality right now <laughs> no i mean i think i think what i've realized and i i think this applies to you too is the most important thing to me and and this pass through in this incarnation as sean is people 
Mm-hmm. Like I care about people so much and I want to meet so many people and I want to have meaningful interactions with them. And I want them to leave an impression on me and I want to leave an impression on them. So I think what we've been really good about lately is knowing that there's a lot of new ingredients and new people coming our way and holding space for being able to arrive at the beginnings of those relationships without a bunch of baggage from other ones. Mm-hmm. Just, uh, just treating people, building a, a solid foundation with people, not trying to use my foundation that I have with other people on new beings and yeah. just like really settling and starting over and like we'll even do it it's like if we're going to meet somebody we'll sit we'll just sit down before we meet them and just say a prayer we do this with everything but i think it's very special to do it with uh new people because who knows how long that relationship's going to last mm-hmm. you could this could be a new lifelong friend this could be somebody that 40 years from now you're like do you remember the day we met so i really want to show up for those moments yeah uh you're really good at that too. You're really good at charging a new relationship up by like making the first hang like magical and ritualistic of like, oh, this is like the first beginning of like us knowing each other for like 15 years. And why not say that kind of thing? Why not? And it's, it's so funny because we're actually, you know what I just realized? We're 11, it's 11 year anniversary pretty much to the day from when we first met. Oh, uh, yeah. Because we met right before Halloween. Mm. And we we like made a commitment to be friends for 10 years mm. and that was s- like silly flirting at the time yeah but like silly flirting like with fr- i mean we do this not with just like a potential love lover you do it with like good friends like i remember when we met daniel it was like whoa you're our brother man like yeah we're gonna be friends for a long time and that's why like when you do that with a relationship you can allow the relationship to like come in and out of your life because you've established such a strong foundation of like mutual recognition Mm -hmm. i mean you don't even establish mutual recognition just mutual recognition is just there Mm -hmm. with some relationships you know anyway and i think that's what we had when we first met where we like just recognized each other and had like not only similar similar interests but like a similar way of being and wanting to be and i guess that's what falling in love is and so like we just like fell immediately in love oh totally it was like i was with my friends that night and we were all at the bar and like we all speak the same language and but then i met you and then all of a sudden i've met somebody like that it felt like you speak my dialect like there's like very like whoa you hear me mm-hmm. i hear you we get each other like this is this is sacred this feels outside of some of those other things yeah yeah uh, 11 years what the fuck and and i'm not even bullshitting i like have a bigger crush on you now than ever yeah same yeah Yeah, that's pretty cool (laughs) it's pretty cool yeah no i like you more than ever talk about lost in the sauce i don't know how to get out of it we live together i I wake up and i'm high no i'm like whoa i'm with this person that i respect so much that i love so much that like is the wind in my sails in so many ways that it can feel like not even it can feel like it is like nothing else in our life really matters well that's where like the as much yeah that's where like love is a drug and Mm. i'm just like unapologetically addicted to this drug of Mm -hmm. you know i mean i think what we all want to attain for ourselves is like a sense of calm peace and like love you know and feeling in love with everything but you're like relationship is like the shortcut to that because someone else like opens this window where you have like rose-colored glasses together Mm. and 
you know, I know that that's what it's like when I'm with you. And I know that I, in some ways it probably stops me from like getting it for myself because I'm like codependent on you helping me be in that, that space, Mm -hmm. you know, and enjoying life. And I enjoy life so much more with you than without you. But I don't think that's anything to feel bad about or weird. Yeah. I don't think that's anything, uh, I don't want to to pathologize. That's what we have. We, that's what we do here. Yeah. Yeah. Any, anything that is like human and loving and all that stuff, we pathologize that because it ain't gonna feed the, the capitalist machine. So, you know, codependency is something that's talked about as, as a negative thing. Like, Oh, what you, what you need somebody. Yeah. 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 Very much so. Very much so. I need somebody. I need a lot of people to get through this. Isn't that what we're here doing? Yeah, I was just it's so funny. <laughs> I was just talking to Gail the other yesterday about codependency and kind of just being like Gail, our host from Space Camp. Yeah, a couple, a few episodes back, uh, and kind of just we were both ar- articulating finding that place of like, yeah, we shouldn't apologize for like the depth of relationship we have with our partner, you know? Yeah. And, and that it's a gift and that, that it is an opportunity to kind of explore that space. And yeah, I'd be a totally different person if I was doing it on my own and it wouldn't necessarily be better or worse, but like, this is, this is the path I'm choosing on this go round and I'm just trying to make it the best path, you, you know? And I think with us, we even there, I, I just was remembering this morning that there used to be times where we had to like agree to, a one minute hug mm-hmm. every day, you yeah. know, we had to like prioritize connecting and, and physical connection. And cause you know, we were lost in the sauce of other things, you know, work or movies or whatever it is. And we yeah. would kind of like de- get a little afraid. And when we started saying, all right, let's like have one minute hug a day or call for when either one of us could call for like a one minute hug. Yeah. It's like we almost pre we reprogrammed ourselves. Oh yeah. That was like a deep programming that we did. Yeah. Where we, where we like, we're like, okay, we're going to hug and like hold on to each other. And it got to a place obviously where it's like, I don't know. I don't remember the last time either one of us needed to call for a one minute hug because we've so, you know, we have sex for an hour every day before we leave the room. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's kind of like a long hug. <laughs> that's that's its own long hug. Yeah, but if you're not having sex with your partner or you're not able to because of other circumstances that are going on, it's just a reminder of how important like physical touch is mm-hmm. and how even within relationship you can like get separate from the physical touch and, and the petting and, and all that sort of stuff. Oh, yeah, talking to friends who have... Um like dead bedrooms mm. that's it like it, it shocks me when when you hear about like somebody staying in a relationship like that at this point at this point it shocks me well i think both of us wouldn't no and and i have that's that's the thing like uh i i feel like it's it's a tricky thing because your destiny is kind of constantly trying to crystallize in life but I feel like if you see it, if you see it doing that, and that's something that you're not digging necessarily about yourself, you can do something about it. Like I, I was in two relationships before this that covered 14 years of my life. Right. So like I was in two seven-year relationships right before this. Like my destiny was starting to crystallize into like half-assed boyfriend territory, where I don't really care about the relationship as much as my good time, all these things, and. Um, yeah, my destiny was crystallizing a little bit. Then I met you, and 
that that's happened many times in our relationship mm. where it starts to where it starts to crystallize a little bit and it's like oh no maybe that's not where we want to be going like let's be more let's cast some spells to loosen that up let's let's be more intentional yeah it's so funny because i one of the things that would always be kind of like it's like a blessing but it was so frustrating for so long is because you had had such serious relationships you could see the warning signs within our relationship like way before it was like an issue yeah so you'd be like yeah. starting to be like a little brat if we like went a couple days without being intimate and i'm just like dude chill and you're like no but this is really important and i was like okay i'll make it really important too and it, honestly it's like my favorite thing about our relationship is that like our physical intimacy is like the top priority and that you yeah. even had to like at times throw like a little bit of a I, I'm not trying to call you out because no, I'm trying to say like deep appreciation like you have no, in our relationship say, like, like this should be important yeah and throwing like a little bit of a shit fit like what the fuck like are we not going to connect in this way and like I want to connect with you and it's so funny because I think that we're so precious in relationships and I think a lot of people are so precious around their partner like oh I should let them have space from not wanting to have sex and I should let them you know if they're not into it and let them come around but you really in some ways I'm, I'm going to talk off maybe out of turn, but I think you should put fucking pressure on your partner because there are days, like especially as a woman, <laughs> where I could easily go months, weeks without like activating my sexuality and that it is something that like needs to be activated. And there are days that I'm not interested in having sex, but by the time- Same here. But by the time, when you say like, oh, we're, we pretty much have sex every day, even if I don't want to have sex, by the time I'm having sex, I'm loving it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Because there's it's like, like Molly, you never regret taking it. Once you never regret it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like you like, okay, in order for us to get to a place where we're having sex, there will need to be like a true amount of, of foreplay and like rising with each other to that level of being able to connect in that way. Even if it's like not on your radar and you're thinking about a million other things mm. and it's like, okay, I don't know. I just, I guess I'm just talking. I feel like there's someone out there who is like thinks that they're like not a sexual person or their partner's not sexual and it's like no they are just be patient with them and help them get to that level and like you could probably be having sex every day if you like are willing to do the things that we've done in our relationship is like go through the discomfort have the discomfortable conversation and say like this is what's important and then say i will do anything to make this relationship work and i'll mm. do anything for my partner and that's not a bad thing Oh, that's commitment. That's like deep commitment. That's like where it's really, truly commitment where you're like, I'm more committed to this other thing than I am to my own priorities. Yeah. I think that's what's been so cool about this relationship. And like, I feel like that that's what, uh, that's why this one very quickly, right out of the gate, transcended some of the other relationships I had had. Mm-hmm. You know, where those just felt like warm up for this, for me being a real adult who's actually able to communicate, who if my needs aren't being met, I'm not going to go start cheating. We're going to fucking talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God my needs weren't being met in my previous relationship because then we found each other. Yeah, right. <laughs> Some blessings in that. Uh, yeah. Now, you're all, now your main mistress is tobacco. Yeah, geez, you know what I'm fucking on now is these fuckers. I don't even want to promote this product. Don't promote them. <laughs> Zin Cool Mint 15 nicotine pouches. And I got those for you, what, yesterday or the day before yesterday? You got these for me a few days ago. How many are left? Three. 
whatever. <laughs> I take them and I've done it like what four times and it just gives me like the worst head rush and I'm like, wait, what am I doing? Am I trying to get a nicotine addiction? Like am I gonna just keep taking nicotine until I like need it? It's so funny because our homegirl Margot was just in town. Shout out to Margot. Yeah. Magical fucking weekend. We had such a fucking good time. Um, yeah, really funny time. And, like, her and I are on the spliff train together, and it's fucking great. I love, you know, I love having an excuse. When someone shows up and they're like, yeah, I'm smoking spliffs, I'm like, I'm with you. Yeah. So rolling a little tobacco in there. But then it's so funny. At one point you came out, and her and I are talking about how we grew up with our parents smoking around us all the time. Like, mm-hmm. my dad and her dad just smoking. We just, they, they smoked around us. And we're, like, complaining about it, how inappropriate it was, how, how kind of crazy that is. And we're just smoking ourselves. And you're like, you two are following their pattern. You're doing the same thing. And I'm like, God, in a million years. Fuck drinking, fuck drugs, all that stuff. I never, never thought I'd be the type of person that would have any relationship with tobacco or nicotine. Yeah, isn't that funny? I didn't understand it. I saw my dad addicted. He still is. Uh, and I just never understood, like, the amount of pain that his body's in because of it, why he would keep doing it. And so it's the one of the things that kids dr- judge the most, like, their yeah. parents. Like, it feels like every time you see your parents smoking, they're, like, literally killing themselves. Yeah, you get so scared. Yeah. And then- oh, I was scared shitless when I was a kid that my dad was going to die of a heart attack because his dad died of a heart attack at 49. Yeah. Lifelong smoker. And just fucking had a heart attack and dropped dead at 49 when I was six months old. Crazy. So, like, you know, my whole life, I'm, like, looking at my dad. I'm, like, yeah, someday he's just going to fucking drop dead of a goddamn heart attack. That would be the easy way out for the way this motherfucker's treated himself. Right. And that's what I keep telling him. And I guess I got to start telling myself that. Yo, I'm so suspicious. What is it called? Suspicious? No, not. What is it when you, like, um, I'll tell you what I'm Suspect? No, not suspicious. Um, superstitious. Because I was thinking about that the other day. about, And I had a friend recently. Her, her dad passed like when her son's like, you know, two years old or whatever. Mm. And I was like, wow, there's this thing that happens where like your dad will see like their grandson. Like I feel like this is a pretty common occurrence where, you know, a grandparent goes out around the time that a new birth yeah. comes in. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think it just happens because of the time. But there's part of me that's like, yo, we can't have a kid. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, what if what if that's when Jack goes out and it's uh, like we like allow this know. thing to like, I don't want to like keep it moving. Like, I'm like, I like this. Like, I like that your dad is alive. I like that our parents are alive. Like, I don't want to like bring in the ge- next the generation too soon. Like, we're not ready to say goodbye. Like, you know? Yeah, I think about that all the time. We were just up at my parents yesterday and I'm like, God, I'm so glad they're they're alive. Yeah. And that they're together and despite all their problems, like I just, I get so much from being around them despite the insanity and the yelling and screaming about Trump and all this stuff. Like there's just such love and support coming from there that I'm like, I'm like sponging that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. While, while we're still on this, on this plane of reality together. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very important thing. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so superstitious. I don't really have a lot of reasons to be superstitious. I don't really have a lot of things in my life. Look, they're going to die. Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy to think. Because it's like you were saying about impermanence. It's a hard thing to wrap your head around. Pretty much until death comes ripping. 
And when it does, you realize what impermanence is all about. And uh, it'll give you a little boost. When my sister died, it gave me a, a major boost. I didn't even realize it wasn't even a conscious thing. It was just a a boost of like, yo, we're not promised a fucking damn thing here. That was, in terms of uh, fairness, completely unfair that Aaron only got to live 15 years. Now, who knows how long I get to live? It's unfair that my grandfather fucking died when he was 49. Yeah. You know, he only knew me till I was six months old. He didn't get to know the rest of his grandchildren. It's unfair. It's just, it seems, uh, it, it's a reminder. And when, when death comes ripping, you fucking, you, you wake up a little bit when you're close to it, especially you wake up a little, you see our friends that have lost their fathers. Yeah. They're all different. Yeah. In a good way. Them, yeah. In a good way. Uh, it, it changed them. Uh, a part of their ego dissolved. That's what it feels like. At at its best, beyond like, you know, getting to dress up at its best Halloween, kind of like Day of the Dead um, in Mexico is is this like celebration and kind of like staring at the darkness and staring at the shadow and staring at like, you know, you're in your skeleton outfit. It, like most mm-hmm. a lot of the costumes are like Grim Reapers and shit like that. Like a yeah. lot of Halloween is kind of like a, a celebration of like the blood and the gore and the murder and the, all the, the scary... stuff we're kind of in avoidance of all the time, even though it's going on all around us. Yeah. So at its best, if you can tap into that at Halloween is as this idea that there is kind of this dark day that allows mm. allows for the brightness of other days you know oh, i think looking at it i want every day to feel like halloween in what way in in like when i talk about um psychedelic socialism mm. you know psychologics you know th- 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 where psychedelics and politics meet fucking where that that feeling of of freedom, that feeling of like, uh, like there's a little spark in the air. There's a little, there, there's spirit. Spirit is being brought into this. You know how that feels? Yeah. Like how everybody's having a good fucking time and everyone's having a laugh and it's hard to get too on your fucking bullshit on Halloween. Totally. Like every day should feel like that. This like celebration. People are dressing up. People are being creative. People are partying. People are connecting. Yeah, psychedelics. I never wanted to really dress up as a kid, you know, because I never really cared. Like, I just wanted to, like, kind of blend in, you know, Mm -hmm. like wear (laughs) jeans and a sweatshirt, like, pretty much every day. Yeah. But now that I've come to, like, with psychedelics, come to, like, a better appreciation of, like, my individual fingerprint, you know, Mm -hmm. orically, energetically. And it's kind of made me be like, oh, well, I, like, don't necessarily want to dress up to be someone else, but I want to be the most colorful version of myself. And then why not do that every day? Yeah. Well, I've started wearing a lot more color. But you've also started to, your spirit has. Yeah. And I think people that listen to this podcast for a long time could feel that. Yeah. Like a, like a, like a letting go of like being self-conscious or being fearful of what that means because I like can recognize how divine and special God is. And so I recognize that like it would be the biggest disservice to not recognize it in myself Mm -hmm. and to judge myself or to be embarrassed about who I am. So, yeah. But that makes me like want every day to be like Halloween and be like, oh, fuck, like I want if if I could keep it up, I'd have rainbow hair, you know, or, you know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Live every day with the fearlessness of Halloween. Because mm-hmm. uh, like Halloween is usually associated with, with putting masks on. 
Yeah, but I think when you realize that everyone's wearing a mask, you can have more fun with, you know, how you present yours. Mm -hmm. Like, no makeup, makeup or not, you're wearing a mask. So why not have a more interesting mask? Why not have a more colorful mask? Why not have fun with what your mask looks like or how you present your mask? That's what I, that's what I always feel like when, uh, like somebody's really interesting, but they're not good at, uh, like telling stories or something, you know, I'm like, decorate this shit. You have a fucking interesting life. You're telling an interesting story with no gusto whatsoever. Like fucking crack some pepper on that motherfucker. Like let's spice this shit up. Yeah. Come on. You know, yeah. I don't know. I, I at least when, when I'm telling stories and stuff, I at least try to uh, get into it a little bit. Yeah. Some people put me to shame. We were sitting around the campfire with my cousin the other night who we need to have on this podcast. Yeah, my my best friend my whole life, my cousin Jesse. He was like, he was like a brother to me. He is like a brother to me. Um, that motherfucker can tell a story. Yeah, he's done some weird things in his life. And he's done some, some crazy shit. Yeah. But, like, he's worked a straight job this whole time, and he's done some crazy shit. And uh, I don't even know if he can talk about a lot of the stuff on uh, yeah. the podcast. But he's, like, one of those guys who, like, wants to make life interesting for himself. And every once in a while, you get a glimpse of, like, the little things he's done to make life funny for himself. Oh, yeah. God. And you're like, dude, man, you did that, like, however many years ago, and you're just telling... Like, he doesn't do stuff for the story. No. No, he's just living his life. Sometimes the stories can't come out till way after. Yeah, and you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you weren't doing that for anyone. Like, it's almost like a compulsion. Like, he's com he has, like, a, maybe because of the way he was raised or, like, a compulsive behavior to, like, do something that is, like, so crazy that everyone else would be like, what are you doing, man? Yeah, he steals shit. Yeah. He, you know, that, that, that like, a lot of the stories come back to that, yeah. like, being a klepto. Yeah. And that is like a fucking lifestyle. Like a lot of people can't relate with. <laughs> a lot of people can't relate with. No, I can't relate with it at all. Well, because we all put on the mask of like being law-abiding citizens. So when you hear someone unabashedly being like, oh, no. I'm not a better person than him. He's definitely like in so many ways a better uh uh, per, uh, like s server of humanity and it's not a judgment but I literally cannot steal something even from like a CVS because I just think of someone getting in trouble mm. you know not like oh you steal from Walmart and like fuck Walmart it's like no like the person who does inventory is fucked the person who runs security is fucked the person who does this oh, don't or make like... me feel bad <laughs> like you know what I mean like the karma is like hits so much closer to home it's like oh, okay you stole you got away with stealing that soda or you the woman didn't check checked you out and didn't uh scan that thing but now her catch register is like you know twenty dollars short it's mm -hmm. like one of those things i can't live with because i my mind is too uh capable of like playing out the scenario of what's oh, yeah. happening next and i'm like all right well i leave there and now her cash register is short and now she's maybe getting fired and i'm like all You're right too conscious yeah, it's a, it's a very unconscious behavior. Where yeah. You're not thinking about all that stuff when you're when you're stealing. Yeah, I guess not. No, it's it's because if you, if you were, you wouldn't do it because it's just too much. There's so many things that if you were uh, more conscious about it, you wouldn't do. Right. Like, stealing is one of them, and it's funny because like he's telling all these stories the other night. And of course I was involved with a lot of those stories and I'm telling him like, Hey man, it's already balanced. Like I've been robbed so many times you would, I've been robbed for more things than I ever stole. Right. And, so, and literally some of the things that you stole were stolen back from yeah. you. Not from that same person, but like someone else stole that thing that you had stolen. Yeah. Yeah. It's too funny. 
but now that I'm more conscious, I wouldn't do that. Mm. Now that I'm more conscious, and we never talk about this, I, I can't eat animals. I can't do it. Talk about being lost in the sauce. When I was deep in the sauce of an ayahuasca trip. Like, you're just fucking in there. Yeah, way just, in there. Just down in the shadows, like, going around in the deep Do you know what she said to me, though? Who's she? I don't know, Mother Ayahuasca, whatever. Gaia? Gaia. Uh, God? You know, a, a female God energy. What'd she say? She said, fucking proselytize the shit out of being vegan. And at the time, this was, like, over, a, probably about a year ago, I was like, Phew. You're like, sorry, not doing it. I'm just like, I don't know if I can do that. Like, I appreciate that. And like, I just have to like really sit with this Mm -hmm. and I've sat with it for a year and I will, I'll say it on this podcast and I'll probably just be more forward about because I, 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 if someone has this on their podcast, we'll say it too. I think, look, I'll say this. Like I have lived long enough to know that I'm not doing life better than other people and that I'm not better than anyone else. And I, when I say things that are like, oh, you should do this or you should do this, like life corrects and it makes me hesitant to like get on a high horse because as soon as you do, you fucking get your knees chopped off and you get like incredibly humbled. So it's like created this energy for me where i'm a little more hesitant around you know when i'm like when there's like an ego game or whatever the you, fuck. you just don't want to write a prescription for somebody you're, you're not the type we're not those people that said <laughs> that said all y'all motherfuckers who are eating animals and don't need to be and don't think it's like aligned with your body like fucking stop eating animals like, I'm just saying it because if, if you need to hear this and for some reason you need to hear it from me, you're going to hear it from me. Like, stop eating animals. Like, it's not that hard. It's actually really easy in 2020 to not eat animals and eat, you know, lentils and beans and rice and vegetables. And we're at this place where it's like the cost is so great and like the karma is so great and like the pain is so great. Like, you know, talking to people who have chickens that like still eat Chinese chicken. I'm like, dude, Hmm. stop. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, stop because you see these pigs that cuddle and these cows that love and the capacity of animals to feel so much emotion and love for each other and like their babies and their mamas and their, and there's just like so much interconnectedness and love. And it's like how we treat our animals is, um, is like so cruel in this country in this world in this world and it's like the least we could do you yeah. know what i mean and i will say that i've been vegan now for like six seven years and i don't think about meat ever i think i'm healthier than ever i have energy i don't feel like i don't have protein or whatever the hell like there's tons of protein in broccoli there's tons of protein in beans like it causes you to be more creative and like, yo, create your own prescription for yourself. Okay, I'm in Spain or I'm doing this or I'm at my parents for Thanksgiving. Cool, 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 cool. Justify however you need. But like generally, we should like all cut the shit. Mm-hmm. And if you're at this point in the podcast and this is a message you need to hear, like please receive it because it's a message that I was told is like in a deep state of being lost in the sauce. Like, yo, you should share this message. And yeah. you should like not hesitate to share this message. You didn't and you, hesitate for a year. And I hesitated for a year. And I don't think that this 
I think there's things that people should be telling me to do that I'm not doing, mm-hmm. you know? Like, we need to support people in our world better, not just the animals. And I know that I, like, have a lot of work to do to be a better human. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that I don't, but I will say that the message that I've received is, like, yo, tell other people. Tell your people. Get your people. Yeah. Check your people. And that's all I want to do is, like, I'm just saying, like, hey, here's a check. Fucking go vegan. Don't be a brat about it. (laughs) (laughs) fucking sacred download right there i don't know i don't know i don't think i have the answers i just uh, that was my i mean my first ever mushroom trip was that yeah it was some spirit and i wasn't a spiritual person telling me cut the shit yeah and i'm like fuck well i mean i guess that's something that that i could do and it might be a bummer for a second but it really wasn't it really wasn't i don't i don't regret for a second being plant-based i think it's uh it makes it easier to to meditate and it makes me um, more connected to spirit, it feels like. It feels like there's less layers to puncture through to find spirit again. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's where vegan kind of has a nasty name, but like plant-based. That's why I, that's why I always say plant-based. Uh, yeah. Like, vegan sounds like a cult. It sounds like a lifestyle or like, oh, like, oh, are you vegan? It's like, no, like, just let's eat plants. Let's eat plants. Let's like, let's get together and make some commitments to like eat less meat, eat more plants, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. The type of turnaround uh, that we need to do to to save this planet, this is like a many generations project. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like it starts with our own behavior because if we can uh, get that in our collective muscle memory, like, oh, we don't do that. We're not yeah. consuming on that level. We're th- that's That's off the table we at least have some chance to think clearly about this because I think it's kind of like what you're, what you were saying about stealing. It's like, if you become conscious about one thing, you start to be conscious about everything. Mm -hmm. You, you start being conscious about what you're putting in your body and then you start to say, well, I should exercise or I should get real proper sleep every night or I should fucking, uh, cool it on smoking tobacco or whatever (laughs) yeah no it's like the vices balance out Mm -hmm. but it feels like uh yeah i mean uh i think fair trade is really important i think paying people a living wage is really important and i don't think there is such a thing as ethical consumption Mm -hmm. you know so by consuming plants you're not an ethical consumer by any means Mm -hmm. you know but uh we just we definitely need to figure this out and part of like we're coming up on an election and and i don't know i don't know how you feel about this but i do feel like we do vote with our consumer choices and oh that's much more powerful than what you do at this fucking polling place but i and i've seen it i've seen over the last 20 years like uh, that you can go to a walmart anywhere and get vegan options you can you know like what's what's available to people is because people are saying hey the impossible whopper at Burger King. It's a miracle. It's a fucking miracle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we could get to a place where where this many animals aren't being slaughtered on a daily basis, where this much water isn't consumed, and we can, like, I think it just feels like a level we need to get to so that we can then say, like, oh, this is a slippery slope of more conscientious consuming. Mm-hmm. You know, the slippery soup of, like, okay, yeah, we stopped eating all the animals, but, like, 
look how the people who are like picking the lettuce are being treated. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, okay, yes, like we need to like get to that place where we can have that conversation and not say like, well, you know, plants isn't good either. It's like, yeah, no shit. That's all fucking. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm being annoying, but I'm just going to stop. Not being annoying. I don't, I don't think it's annoying at all. And like for me personally, it came down to, I felt fucking like shit all the time, my whole life. And it probably had to do with anxiety, but, um, going plant-based and like really more for me it was probably more like dairy yeah like but but cutting all that stuff out i just don't feel like shit anymore like i'm like oh i feel like a like a tuning fork yeah i I feel like a a better receiver a better listener like because i'm not preoccupied with like uh i kind of feel like shit right now oh what did i eat oh god it's just like not sitting well yeah, it's funny. I've had some crazy experiences with you lately and like within the last few years, couple of years where like we'll be lying in bed and I'll be like really just having a rough time with something, you know, maybe physically or, you know, my skin or fucking whatever. And I'll just like, you'll just like put your hands on me and like, you're like, ch- like it's almost like a channel opens up and you start to say things to me and it's made me realize like I think you're really special and I think you're really powerful as an individual and I think like you have done a lot of work to try to like uh tap into your power but it it I don't think you're unique at the no, same time I, no not at all not with at like all. the capacity that we all have as individuals to like be able to like create the space for listening and then listen and then heal the people in our lives you know the willing people you know you don't have to go to some special healer or pay someone a few hundred bucks like if you have someone who like will share that space with you you have to trust them and that you can trust and also trust to like hear because also it's like partly it's like i you say a lot of things and then like i hear what really resonates and then i kind of listen to those things even deeper yeah I don't know. What is it like for you when we do that kind of it's, stuff it's together? It's nothing. It's nothing. Like when 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 we've done that, and you do it to me, but like like I'll have a headache and you'll come and heal it. Mm. It's not usually with words, but like sometimes you'll just uh, I don't know. It's it's not something we've uh, we've we have planned for it a couple times, but it's usually something that happens spontaneously, and it's when everything is like very calmed down. Yeah, like quiet. Quiet. And like no agenda, no agenda. You know, I don't necessarily, I don't have an agenda because I know you know how to look out for you better than anything. But Mm -hmm. if you're really struggling and I'll put my hands on you, I'll, I even say, and I've said this every time this has happened, like these words aren't even mine. These aren't even the type of, the type of words I would use. Mm -hmm. So it feels like a message from, from you, uh, from your body through me that maybe like you, you can't understand for some reason. But mm-hmm. hearing it from me helps you understand it. Yeah. Yeah, it's usually pretty simple stuff. I mean, the the, the most profound um, channelings I've had having to do with you are like that you're okay, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we've had some other stuff where it's like, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. You need to eat more of this or cut this out or whatever. But but the, to me, the the ones that have left us both in tears are just the ones where it's like, you're already healing. You're yeah. already healed. You're yeah. you're in your head about it. You need to just occupy the space where you're already healed. Like and and you and you were. So it it wasn't it, it's not like uh it's not like anyone can't do it. You just got to let go. 
But I, I no. know that's happening when I feel like these words aren't even mine. Yeah, like you don't even feel like you need to tell me anything. I don't even know what I could have said. Right. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. That sounds pretty far out. I, I know that sound that can sound pretty far out. Yeah, but it's, yeah, I guess. And it's pretty, it feels pretty far out when it happens, you know, because it really does feel like we're kind of uh, occupying a higher state together. You know? Well, I learned it from our sexuality. Mm. Yeah. What do you mean? Like I just learned and cared to listen to your body in a way mm. to to please you. Mm-hmm. F- so this thing has some longevity. Right. So we can have fun in our young bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to like learn how to work with you. So I would like really, really learn to listen to your body and be patient and just slow everything down. And now we're doing this this other cool stuff with it. But it definitely came from uh, sexuality and, and learning to listen and breathe. Yeah. This seems so important to like slow down and listen. Because like you think that there there's so much coming at us all the time that you think that if you slow down, you're going to be bored. But like when you slow down, it's kind of like kind of like including the lens and like see mm. see what's actually going on and there's so much going on oh there's so much more than you could realize mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean we're, we're so utterly distracted and when you kind of fight through i don't even think uh people are scared they're going to be bored i think they're scared they're going to be scared yeah yeah that feels true like you're scared that uh if things slow down, you're going to have to deal with some of the things that you're keeping at bay by revving the engines all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's, uh, that's kind of like the state I've been in lately. It, it, and, it, and like, it concerned me at first. I'm like, whoa, what's up with me? Like, I, like I'm just kind of like, whatever. Neither here nor there. That's a, that's a that's a bad way of describing it, but just kind of. Yeah, you you. I've known you for like eleven years now, and I think your energy you're used to running a little hotter, like yeah. a little more like um, I don't want to say judgmental, but like it, it's like a little more clear with your vision. Like your vision's always very strong. Mm-hmm. Like this is what we're supposed to be doing. This is how we're supposed to be. This is what we're supposed to be like what the next step is. And this is the film we need to be making. And this is the schedule we need to be laying out. And, and I think right now, maybe in the context of everything that's going on, it feels kind of like we're in this cosmic stew mm-hmm. and you're just like, All the right. ingredients keep coming our way. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think the work we're doing now is a little different than like the, the project based based work we've done in the past. Yeah. So it, it, there, there's not necessarily a beginning and an end to uh, building community. Right. There's not a beginning and an end and a peak in the middle of, of, uh, spreading a network of of love where we just make sure we got each other's back mm-hmm. you know that's just that's just being so i think uh, the way i'm feeling is like a symptom of of kind of getting there a little bit it doesn't feel like you know how we we've like throughout our relationship it's like first there was a mountain then then there was no mountain then there was mm-hmm. like that like the oven. yeah that's that but that's a, a like a, from some buddhist text oh really yeah, and Donovan just made a song out of it. But mm, it's a really nice song. 
yeah, it's hard to say right now. I'm like, am I at the top of the mountain or the bottom one? I'm like, what, what's what's really going on? And and that that can disturb my being because I'm used to pushing off of something. Mm-hmm. And right now, it doesn't really really feel like it, it's it feels mellow. It feels like there's nothing to really push off of or anything like that. It doesn't. It doesn't. I don't feel uh, motivated by ego or ambition or like oh I I need to accomplish something or prove something in this realm or that like I just think it's become more about like being and it feels like more than ever like I'm bearing witness to my life than like being the player in the game Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. I I relate to that and it's so funny because it's kind of the most comfortable way of being you know yeah and it's only really come with like time and experience which seem to be the greatest teachers yeah you know within relationship outside of relationship because obviously like i've grown this relationship's grown over the last decade but i've grown as over the last decade and a lot of it has to do with like there's no shortcut to it it just you kind of just have to like experience things and experience things and experience things and go through things and go through things and go through things and realize like you do stabilize and you will yeah. stabilize and the stuff that feels really big or really painful or really scary like the moments where it felt like we were losing each other's love is like so terrifying yeah you know but then when you ride that wave and you're like wow we just thought we were losing each other's love and we're still in love it's like okay now there's a little more spaciousness mm-hmm. for me to like not be so attached to you yeah you know or so clinging to this relationship and with that spaciousness and without the doing and just like the being within our relationship i think it's allowed our relationship to take like more fun interesting turns yeah and that sort of thing yeah i think kind of like our relationship like how it's like there's a commitment there and and commitment really helps be a driving force in your life and I, i know i have a commitment to uh directing movies and television uh-huh. <laughs> i know i have a commitment to making films and and making podcasts and and making art and but also it, just getting good at things and yeah it feels like the spaciousness to do that has arrived and i don't have to do what i've always done mm-hmm. and that's like the gift of like we're coming up on I mean, if you live in a colder climate, you're coming up on some time where it's like you are going to be more alone, you know, like Mm -hmm. as as important as relationship and friendships are, the ability to enjoy those is is like, you know, not going to be as often because the most uh, mature, wise thing is to make sure that you help our our global world deal with this pandemic by not being a super spreader mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. or creating super spreader events or just you know being mindful of everyone and yourself and your own health and and once this pandemic stops don't be a super spreader of consumption don't throw fucking uh, you know, like there there are it- well i'm saying now's not a time to be a super spreader of consumption because like yeah you could fill your days up with netflix for the rest of this pandemic and i'm sure we'll do our fair share but it's like what are we all gonna create this this winter you know what are we what that's are we, important what yeah this is really this is probably the most important thing we've said in this whole podcast yeah and this is an important time for us like like what i'm saying about how i've come to like accept myself better because i've come to love everyone and everything better and i've come to like realize that judging myself is such a waste of time now that i'm like oh i don't want to judge myself i'm like well i okay i want to see what i can create 
And not only do I want to see what I can create, I want to see what everyone can create. What we can do. What we can do together and individually. And so devoting our time and our effort and our energy towards creating is um, so valuable right now. And it's so not, you're not doing it on your own. When you do create, you're creating with everyone who's come before you. You're creating with your divine alignment. You're creating with the people in your life. You're creating, um, yeah, with with everything. So it's like you, you don't have to like feel the weight of the world on what comes out of, out of your, you know, when you doodle, diddle on the guitar or... Or doodle on the page. Or doodle or write something or paint something or podcast, you know, like it's it's most important that we just don't feed the blocks and just keep it moving like we do. You know, this is the podcast of keeping it moving. Move the energy. Moving the energy. You like that? Move the energy. It's pretty good. We've been doing this very botanical blend. What's in this? Okay. Lavender, rose petals, chamomile, um, marshmallow, spearmint, a little tobacco. A lot of weed. A lot of weed. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps me connected. So connected. This has been a fun time. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um. Let me let me listen. Let me listen and let me think. L- listen to the guides. Mm. I don't know. I feel like I feel like this flowed surprisingly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mean, considering now because it's like it's gonna start getting dark here at four thirty in the afternoon on Sunday. Yeah. We're fucking really chasing the light. So the amount of setup that went into this of us fucking moving our furniture around to be in front of a in front of a window and <sighs> Yeah. This is a good time to say, if you're listening on Spotify or SoundCloud or iTunes, you can watch us on YouTube. All future episodes will be and have been video recorded, so you can really feel like you're yeah. hanging out with us. We're kind of trying to get more into uh, more of a hang vibe. You know? I hate to say that YouTube is the best place to get this podcast. I don't know. We might explore Twitch or something. Yeah. We might explore other things, but we want to hold a vibe. Yeah. And share a vibe. And we're still figuring out what all that means. Yeah. And so thanks for joining us on this journey, this continued journey. We appreciate, especially on YouTube, if you like or subscribe or leave a comment, that's really fun. YouTube just fucking demonetized our asses. We got a whole month of being demonetized or being monetized. And then they reviewed our account and probably saw that all our tags are like, whatever. We talk about stuff that isn't we're like being, uh, commercial. Yeah. Basically, they were like, y'all's content uh even though barely anyone is listening it doesn't really suit our our advertisers needs that's fair honestly i'm kind of grateful i fucking hate ads Fuck and I'm, I'm fucking glad Fuck to not em. have them and i think we just had to explore that possibility we need to make money because we need to make money. <laughs> we need to fucking make money at some and, point and we're compelled to continue doing a podcast and if it could maybe one day be what we do and what sustains us that would be awesome but it's obviously not required for us to keep doing it um but 
Well, yep. that's why we have Ganesha out. The remover of obstacles. Well, also the creator. And so the creator. who knows if Ganesha, if this is Ganesha's doing, but I, I trust. I'll just trust in it. Yeah, and uh, it's been almost, we're almost too freaked by like, we'll put out requests or, or prayers on this podcast and people are really, it's almost like we're, we gotta, we gotta like, we're in the sauce right now. We put out a call um for like maybe we need a house and someone wrote us and we're i was like oh my god that was premature like i'm not even ready you know what i mean so i think we're trying to be mindful of what we even call for but right now i think what we're calling for is like we really appreciate anyone who wants to support our patreon because yeah that's the humble beginning of the church of chill where we release a radio show we have one coming out today or Mm -hmm. um yeah, there's, there's like these hour and a half long little radio show mixes that we do. Yeah. There's Church a, of Chill. But Church of Chill is a way bigger thing than that. Totally. I think that's our, our destiny that's slowly crystallizing before our eyes. Totally. It's totally like the umbrella for like uh, the community building we want to do and the reminding people to chill again and how to do that. And totally and if so if you get on our patreon you also uh join our online community the church of chill discord which is fucking dope and oh my god that's it's it's worth it just for that because our discord there's no set price or our uh, patreon there's no set price just pay whatever we don't yeah, care if you pay whatever you get access we just to literally discord. have to hide this radio show behind a paywall so it doesn't get torn down and if for some reason you're really opposed to like uh sending us a little money every month you can reach me out reach out reach out out individually we'll We'll get you we'll get you we'll get you in the community but but support us and then get on and get on this discord because that that seems like we're like that's like the embers of the community yeah it's like like we're at the very humble beginnings and it's so awesome everyone who's there and because everyone's (laughs) super cool and sharing super cool ideas and um yeah so we're just gonna keep seeing where this goes I, I, i mean we have a vision of artists uh making art together and facilitating spaces for that to happen and yeah so make inspiring art, each other make art this winter and share it with us yeah thanks for listening this is a very a podcast we're sean and Cass. we love you peace and love peace and love smoke one lost in the sauce we said that a lot this episode yeah <laughs>